Hi, I'm Jared Fuller. Welcome to Scratching the Surface. One of the reasons I started scratching the surface back in 2016 was this sense I had that the ways we talked about design felt dated. The platforms for discourse, the methods of communication, and even the topics and the subject matters didn't reflect the contemporary moment. Over the previous decade, the media landscape had shifted radically and it continues to shift. And for design of any type, to move forward, I think, we should always be looking for new ways to talk about the profession and new mediums through which to have these conversations. Florencia Rodriguez, my guest today, has built her work around these ideas. In 2010, she founded the Innovative Plot magazine that covered practices and critical thinking in contemporary architecture. And then in 2017, she founded the publishing company Lots of Architecture, through which she publishes the experimental design criticism platform, Ness. She's edited books, organized conferences, and brought people together to have important and engaging conversations, often from people working at the edges of architecture and design. Last year, Florencia was appointed the director of the School of Architecture at the University of Illinois at Chicago, a school that also has a long history of engaging in the theory and cultural production of architecture. So I was curious to have Florencia on the show to talk about how her varied background is influencing how she's jumped into this new role. We also talk about the changing state of design criticism and formats for distribution. We talk about the role of publishing in design practice and why operating at the borders, at the margins, on the edges can be valuable in reframing what it is that we do. I have joked before that the thing I love more than writing about design is talking about writing about design. And this conversation is very much that. I left energized and encouraged and optimistic about the future of design publishing. And I hope that you do too. If you did, if you like this episode and like what we do here at Scratching the Surface, I hope you consider supporting us on Patreon. Patreon supporters get bonus interviews, full transcripts of every episode, and an exclusive monthly newsletter. Head over to patreon.com slash surface podcast to sign up and get immediate access and help support the ongoing production of Scratching the Surface. Thank you, as always, for listening. And here is my conversation with Florencia Rodriguez. You finished your first year as the, the new director of the School of Architecture at the University of Illinois, Chicago. You've almost been in the position almost a year exactly now, right? You exactly have one academic one year. year. Yes, exactly one year this week. So how, um, how did that year go? Can you talk a little bit about sort of stepping into this, this role and what was interesting to you about taking this position? Of course, lots of first times uh, this year, for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's been interesting, kind of a roller coaster in a way. Um, but yeah, let's maybe start on why I was interested in this. And 
um, I'm not sure if you know, but I, I moved from Argentina in 2021 because mm. it was a great moment to move mm-hmm. from one country to another. The world was uh, yeah. very quiet at that moment. Yeah. Um, but well, I've been working back and forth between North and South, South and North for years. Um, right. And I had like amazing conversations with lots of people from different parts and my work kind of led me to, to move to the US. And, and I've been always teaching, writing, publishing. Um, and so I see myself more as a cultural producer in a way. Mm-hmm. In many different aspects and formats uh, and somebody that always pushes and generates the conditions for different dialogues and conversations and and, and with guided yeah. with a very crazy optimism that we can change things by talking about them and trying to research and discover things um so when when i learned about the position at uic i i was really kind of interested in that because i i have visited the school in i had visited the school some years ago i was part of a panel discussion organized by penelope dean i mm-hmm. i was um kind of when i was in plot publishing different people that were teaching at uic like paul anderson paul preisner um, mm-hmm. you're naming previous guests of the show i love it <laughs> penelope and yeah. both pauls have been on the show before Oh, really? I've heard yeah. some of them, but I didn't know that the three of them uh, yeah. also maybe had a relationship with Jane Kelly, kind of mm. collaborating in editing a piece. And also I had invited her to publish. So I had an ongoing conversation. Sam Jacob was also published oh, yeah. Yeah. under my directorship. So a big group of people. And I was very interested in this place in Chicago, you know, with so vibrant and, and uh-huh. interesting ideas. And I always felt that that was a specific spot that really was really interesting for kind of alternative ways to see things mm-hmm. uh, very open to speculation to new discourses to to trying to look at things from a different perspective so i felt really very much related to that i've always um felt or seen myself working from the margins in a way from mm-hmm. the borders of things yeah yeah and yeah, not only in terms of, of yeah, even geographically, you know, it's like Argentina is the southest of the south, you know, right, right, <laughs> the thousandth country that you can go in the Americas. And yeah. disciplinarity, of course, it's like I decided to work on the margins. I, I am trained as an architect. I had an office in, when I first graduated. I worked for other offices, um, mm. but I, I always enjoyed this other aspect of of trying to understand of learning of researching of talking of writing of organizing mm-hmm. conferences or of trying to i don't know maybe act as yeah this analytic aspect i, I always blame my father he's a shrink so i feel <laughs> i feel that that in a way i I relate to architecture in that same way, you know, I'm trying to yeah. find uh, pathologies, diagnosis and interpreting and having, you know, conversations of those things that sometimes are impossible to reach, impossible to fully understand or impossible to fully put into words. And and I think that's amazing. So, so yeah, that situation of 
the margins or alternative ways of doing things were something that attract me also uh, in a different way, but from UIC. Right. You know, the, the, this right. is the, this school that gravitated so much that is in in the words of Bob Sommel, the previous director, kind of a boutique school because of the size and, mm. and it has this amazing faculty that are very active in the, uh, you know, organization of a discourse or that particularly, I would say, 10 years ago, right, that they had yeah. this yeah. moment. And and it's kind of interesting to, to think about a place like this in this new era because we are going and this is not used for anybody right for we are going through a moment of big changes and and, and the conversation is changing so what's the position mm-hmm. that a school such as this one that is public and is a research university uh, right. so what's the right. position for us right now and i thought it was an amazing challenge that i would love at this point of my career and of my life um to be able to yeah, to, to lead a school, to have uh, these uh, kind of conversations with, with the faculty and to think in which way we can uh, make a, an impact. I know that that kind of phrase is very cliche in a way. I know what you mean. Yeah. You know, very cliche, but at the end of the day, you really want to to, you know, support the students that are uh, working with us and like building their future and how we can all together think about possible futures. So yeah, yeah. As as you see, I'm kind of a very idealistic person. Um, yeah, I love that. Yes, I'm very optimistic, and, and and it may sound naive, and I love that. You know, I think that we need some naivete <laughs> to be able to do things. Yeah, yeah. Well, you said you said so much in there that I want to talk about. Um, Actually, but I want to I want to pick up on on two things really quickly and, and get your thoughts on them. Um, you know, I I love how you said that you sort of operate on on the margins, and I'm always fascinated by when people like that who operate at the margins are then given positions like the position you're in now, where you are then yeah. sort of leading an institution because that then raises questions about well what is the center what is the margin how do those things Mm -hmm. start to sort of uh connect with each other but it's also interesting you said you're you think of yourself as a cultural producer and um that's why uic seems so right for somebody at the margins like yourself right on the home page of the school of architecture it says that you promote architecture as a cultural practice of organizing information of intelligently identifying and deploying patterns conceptual visual structural behavioral and material in the world and that's such a margin like definition of architecture also could you i know i realized that was probably written before you you uh yes. you know, sort of took the position but can you talk about this idea of, of architecture as a cultural practice and your work as cultural production and what what does that mean to you what does that actually look like in practice absolutely because that was kind of super interesting i have been talking in argentina about architecture as a cultural practice and when I read the statement at the <laughs> USC page, it, it, it was like Bob's words and talking yeah, about that. Yeah, I figured that. that, yeah. Yes, and and I think there's a trajectory there and a, ge- a genealogy probably in the school of that understanding. But I felt like that, I think, since I was a student, again, because I was thinking of 
of, and probably uh, Bob and I would interpret this in different ways, but I think that's the beauty mm. of, uh, of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I was always thinking of the relationship to the context of, but and the context also being the ecosystem, being the materials, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. being the, the, the people that were, were going to, you know, uh, be part of this. I think architecture is always incomplete you know, mm. and, and I think mm-hmm. that's interesting. Uh, yeah. It's not, it doesn't exist if it's not like surrounded by other things or, or as part of a bigger system. And I'm not only thinking that architecture is that built uh, thing, right. you know, it's right. also the projects, the ideas and, and things that are part of this you know, disciplinary body that is um, full of, of many aspects and and when we talk about architecture today some people may think about a social justice driven projects other people will think about new materials and and how they will perform in time in time mm-hmm. other people will think about in, intimacy and interiority and and it's all of that right that overlap this amount of different kind of small uh, social contracts, a small kind of small and big, very big, right? But I'm trying mm-hmm. to say like uh, small commitments to different things that that, that make architecture such a um, an amazing uh, discipline. Um, so we are world builders in a way, right? Everything when you're thinking about designing uh, something, you're understanding a way of inhabiting the world and a way of of being here right now or in the future or in the near future. So uh, I I cannot separate like architecture and the design practices from an understanding and reading of our current situation. And again, uh, the world uh, and that that understanding of the situation also needs to to understand history and needs to to have a critical thinking and an approach so that that is the sense in in which i see architecture as a cultural practice it's not only about building it's it's about making places it's about making opportunities and and potentiate uh, different things i love that also and i love the way that you um you just articulated that. And I think what I also love about that phrase that's on <laughs> on the homepage <laughs> is I come from a graphic design background and you could replace architecture with graphic design there, cultural practice of organizing mm-hmm. information, identifying problems and patterns. And, and it still works. And I'm very drawn to these like elastic definitions for design, architecture, you know, graphic design. And I have two questions that may or may not be related. For me, like I'm not really in any position of power. I, you know, I I do the show, I have students, and I can talk about these things um, and can talk about the elasticity of architecture or design and talk to my students about, you know, design. You might be, you could design logos for big corporations, but you could also make zines or films Mm -hmm. or you know all of this stuff is design and you're somebody to go back to what you were saying like you know you're sort of operating at these margins now you're running a school how do you sort of navigate that blurriness um Mm -hmm. and is it different going from your previous roles to now working with faculty and students and administrators 
you know, how do you think about that? How do you sort of articulate that mission for, you know, a school where you probably have students who really buy into that? And then you also have students who are like, great, but I also just give me the skills so I can get a job. I I understand what you're saying, but I still feel marginal in a way. And I Uh, think that's interesting. I I also was in a leadership position in Argentina with plot and Mm -hmm. and I have been like in positions like this for a long time, but the way that I kind of try to look at things and the way, like you mentioned before this idea of the margins related to a center, right? And I think Mm. I've been talking a lot and many people have been writing and talking about this centerless or canonless Mm -hmm, era mm -hmm, moment like mm -hmm. that but what i maybe think and this is a very personal you know how do you feel about yourself is that um that idea of the border or trying Mm -hmm. every to 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 take kind of different alternative positions towards things that it's about having a critical point of view you know and trying to no, not always go with every trend, understand right. what these things are about, what's going on and 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 why those uh, intellectual trends exist and what is it about. So so in that position, even though I'm directing leading the school and surrounded by by this group of people that are very collaborative and and participating of amazing conversations towards where we should lead the school for the next years. Um, I still feel that to keep that in the back of your mind, to feel a little in the border or marginal is really relevant, you know? Yeah. And, and again, you talked about a position of power and I always say that, and again, it's not kind of a fake humbleness, but I feel that it's more like with the, I was going to quote Spider-Man, you know, that is like, <laughs> right, with the great right, yeah. power. I feel it's more about responsibility than power in terms of, of yeah. what is the school that we want to build. And again, the population of students at UIC is, is amazing. And I couldn't feel prouder in that sense. We have a very uh, unique and diverse body of students, many People are there kind of first being first generation students and mm. making a huge effort to to get an education, you know, and and in that sense, it's like, of course, we can discuss everything. But it's as you were saying, many of them need kind of I need to get a job. But what are the jobs for the future <laughs> again? Uh, and, right. Right. And, yeah. Uh, so to have this open conversation permanently and to at, at the same time understand that we need to provide a very clear and concrete set of tools to do stuff is for sure something that can coexist. I think that was my question. What you just said at the end is sort of that I, I don't have the language for this, um, you know, because I don't want to use the word balance, but that sort of overlap or intersection between um sort of the the critical tools and the practical tools, the the space for exploration and also the equipping to get a job, you know, to get the yes. degree um, is so interesting to mm-hmm. me. And so like, and I think, I think when I was sort of talking about, you know, kind of positions of power, what, what I'm really talking about is a lot of different people who have, who are operating on a lot of different margins um, 
where is their space for diverging and where's their space for coming together? And how do you sort of articulate all of those moving parts? Everybody's using the terminology of design thinking, you know, about everything <laughs> in the world today. And I think that's because what we need right now is imagination. Mm. And it, it may sound like uh, simple. Again, let's use that idea of certain naivete to, you know, uh, to tackle some issues, but we need imagination. So um, I think that UIC might be, uh, like the history of UIC has always helped and encouraged imagination to, to think things. And, mm. and that is in a way like breaking canons or, or, yeah. Preparing for alternative futures. And our students uh, are the ones that maybe what we want to give them is the opportunity to to be able to think about things that are, have not been done yet in terms mm. of and yes. or to at least use things that 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 we all may may recognize as typologies or ways of building and use them in a way that can adapt to yeah. to what the future brings. So I I think that that correlation and that kind of coexistence of something that is the specific knowledge or tools plus this permission to to go beyond to break some boundaries to use them uh, in a more conceptual or imaginative way um, is very much what we need today. And that's like very much what you've done. Also, like in some way, not not to like, yeah, you know, move this back to you, but I'm thinking about, you know, what you mentioned earlier, you, you were trained as an architect, but have, you know, built a built a career mm-hmm. writing and editing and, and publishing. And what strikes me and what you're saying here is like that, that sort of interest in giving you know, creating the tools to think things that haven't been thought, this idealism, this optimism, seems like it's been there from the beginning for you. Yeah. In in the editor's letter to what I think was the first issue of Plot, you say Plot is idealistic. It believes in the necessity and possibility of rekindling arguments. We are motivated to look for meanings, to contribute to the disciplines, and look for alternatives to the pragmatic crisis in which criticism has lately been involved, which is almost, you know, very similar language to what you're talking about at at UIC. Can you talk a little bit about, like, where this came from, where this sort of, you know, uh, interest in criticism, this interest in sort of expanding these borders and and, and the optimism that you have around that? Yeah, it's funny to confront to that text and it's nice to see that I am consistent <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> to understand it's important also to evolve so I hope I'm also doing that <laughs> I think so yeah because uh, plot started like in 2010 uh, that's when I wrote that uh, that editorial mm-hmm. letter and of course it's talking to a general cultural situation of architecture but it's also talking about Argentina and Latin America and the context mm. there. Plot started as an alternative project and very much as a, you know, yeah, so I, I was collaborating with the best known publication in Argentina before that was Suma, that, that mm. was a mm-hmm. huge magazine in Latin America. I think still was the one with the biggest circulation. 
uh, ever to, to exist in Latin America, thinking about an architecture publication, right? Um, and I was collaborating and I would take, you know, ideas and I, I was participating of the meetings every every week. And many of the ideas that I would take, would they would say, oh, no, they are kind of, oh, those project, projects are not built or, uh. I don't know, this conversation, you know, Latin America is still very conditioned, very this modern heritage that is very omnipresent in in so many ways um, of understanding reality and understanding architecture for sure. So so I really wanted to promote change and I couldn't find uh. the space in that other publication and I thought it was important to foster new conversations to communicate other ways of understanding uh, yeah, design and architecture and to think about cities, to think about how we uh, generate new uh, programs for new needs. Um, yeah. So I would say that I started thinking about plot like years before I could found it, thinking that we needed that cultural space. And that's why I think about myself as a cultural producer because I, I was I wanted to inaugurate certain spaces, you know, and 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 plot was thought of uh, conceived as a platform, not only as a journal. And we did uh, lots of public programming the same month that we uh, launched the first journal. I also uh, inaugurated an exhibition about Latin American design uh, and so many things. So it was always about the collective, I would say. That's mm -hmm. maybe part of, of my project in a very strong way. It's like collective conversations and and, mm -hmm. and and yeah, and the disperse also, right? It's like things evolve in different ways. Ideas circulate in different formats and the mm -hmm. formats are sometimes fixed as a journal or as an exhibition and sometimes are just conversations in the hall of a school, you know? Or, right. or something right. that keeps on going after one of these more formalized or formal events. Uh, so plot was conceived like that as a platform to, to kind of promote certain things. And, and some of them are very de detailed there in that letter in terms of how to ideologically position ourselves outside of, of kind of the binary situation of, you know, I think yeah. I mentioned first and third world or, or low cost versus having, you know, uh, yeah, the excess of resources that sometimes we can see in other parts of the world. Uh, but I really wanted to blur all of that and to understand more about the strategies to approach certain issues. Uh, mm -hmm. How can we all learn from each other, even though sometimes you cannot replicate a project as it is and you're not supposed to do that. But you're supposed right. to understand how it performs in terms of, of yeah, climate conditions, in terms of the idiosyncrasies it's representing, the people that it's represented there, and, and other things. So that you can always see, even if you are, are looking at the project that you wouldn't build exactly as it is. Um, so that's what I wanted to encourage. And, and, yeah. and I think it was... In that sense, that's kind of my intellectual project in a way, but is kind of the representation of, of that project. Um, and 
and that goes beyond me. It really. Yeah. 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 I, I mean, I completely understand. I mean, the way you sort of describe that is very much how I think about this show, not to be too meta <laughs> all, all of a sudden, but it's the same thing. It is a platform. It is discussion. It is, it is finding new forms to talk about these things. And mm-hmm. what's really interesting to me about, about plot specifically, but all of your, your work, but maybe we can start with p- plot just because, because that's what we're talking about is that there were two things happening there one was you sort of had these ideas these interests in specific projects and there wasn't a place to talk about those or to mm-hmm. to discuss those and so you started this new thing but you didn't just sort of like make a new thing that already existed but you were also thinking about the format of how you would discuss them you were thinking about yes well when is it a journal when is it an exhibition when is it something else can you sort of talk about that relationship between the format of distribution or the format of production and the ideas themselves and why playing with those different formats is so interesting to you Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, for sure. Even even Plot was this platform and mainly uh, a journal. We were doing uh, different panels or encouraging people. Sometimes it would be, you know, a picnic with a band. But the thing was to get people together. And sometimes it would had an agenda of analyzing or what is missing in our conversations with, uh, for instance, like landscape was not a conversation in Argentina some years ago. Mm. And, and we really worked towards that. We were also inviting people from the city to, to discuss about the latest uh, actions and, and the, the things that were needed in the city and put them together, you know, uh, with designers or uh, other people in terms of how do we, you know, I, I feel that maybe we were, or sometimes I define myself as a convener. How do you mm, put together mm-hmm. in the same table decision makers, designers, uh, intellectuals that can think about words, uh, about yeah. possi- different possibilities in new ways? So, um, so that's why that's how you sometimes define the formats. Do you need a more immediate? Uh, conversation do we need something that we will build in time like this idea uh, what i was saying we wanted to talk about landscape we wanted to to also kind of uh, relate to history in a different way uh, so we would publish historic buildings in the same way that we would do with contemporary ones instead of the black and white old picture you know it's like new pictures like lively understanding that that is part of our life today as well Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. we were discussing about different formats another thing that i have been working a lot with since that moment is to to publish interviews because also you're generating like yeah printing uh things in a moment that ideas circulate very differently and that we are all getting used to consuming information even in a different way so right. the idea of the dialogue of an interview of how you approach uh, you know, the, the different ideas in that different tone was something mm-hmm. that we have been working in plot and then in Nest and even right now in what I do at the school in different formats for the lectures. Uh, that's kind of key, like the conversation yeah. in, in which you are unpacking things 
and in which you are kind of explaining things in a fresher way, even though, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's more approachable, it's easier to understand without losing depth, you know? Yes. So that, that's yeah. kind of something that I was obsessed with in a moment. Um, uh, and again, yeah, social media and all of that impacted a lot and changed the, the narrative in the last decade. So, so you have to adjust. And, and I think this is really important right now in terms of in education, how, how do the students or young professionals kind of, uh, relate to, to the narratives mm. on these courses mm-hmm. and how do they communicate? And we cannot kind of not pay attention to, to what's going on in, in totally. Yeah. In those, you know, I, I have a series of questions around, <laughs> around this idea, but I want to keep it kind of focused for a second because you started, you mentioned, you just mentioned Ness, which was the, the other publication that you started in 2017, I think. Mm-hmm. 2017. And at the same time, you started lots of architecture publishers. Um, And and 2010, when Plot started, 2017, when you started Nest, that's that's a pretty big gap in um, how we receive media and how we receive content. There were a lot of changes there. Can you talk a little bit about lots of architecture and Nest and how those both sort of continue what you were doing at Plot and then where those start to do different things and what those different things were and why you wanted to do those? Yeah. Um, yeah. Different things happen. Not all, not only kind of the, right, the right. media scenario change, right, but also right. personally in my life, in the middle of those years in 2013, I, I got the low fellowship at right. Harvard at the GSC and I, I, lived in Cambridge for a year and had amazing conversations and I was doing plot and I was like taking, you know, generating content back mm-hmm. and forth, both for, for my research during the fellowship and then uh, things for plot. I made a, a, a symposium that year called What Criticism? Mm-hmm. Kind of asking what are the formats of criticism? Yeah. Uh, what were at that moment, right? Because it seems like... 10 years are a lot right now. Um, (laughs) And and since that moment on, I start my my relationship to kind of, yeah, to to the US particularly, but to also writing in English and and, Uh, and being able to communicate with other people started growing very organically. It's not something that I would say I kept on looking for, but it happened. I, the year after that, I was invited to be, or two years after that, I was invited to, to be a juror for the MCHAP prize that IIT organizes. So that, that started to be part of my life, this conversation, uh, north, south, um, permanently, right, going through different, to different places in the Americas and, and kind of trying to, to put people together to discuss different things, to add different points of views uh, in every case. Mm-hmm. So, so in a moment, it felt kind of, as I was saying, organic or very natural to try to start publishing in English. Um, and that's why uh, I kind of conceived Ness with Pablo Gerson. We started that project. Lots of architecture is the same. It's, the, it's a the publishing company uh, in right. a way it's a very it's an indie publishing company <laughs> at the beginning it was only the two of us and then we made 
uh, an amazing team and we were able to not only do some journals with a lot of effort because it was only one a year um, right but also to to publish some books for the inter-american development bank and to for other institutions that were kind of tools for for governments you know about mm-hmm. the, we collaborated a lot with Felipe Vera Benitez, and we did books on on migration, on housing, on different issues that were very, very concrete, are very, very concrete right now, and that are right. problematics that that sometimes uh, are, are kind of again in the boundaries of the architectural discourse, and and that I want to bring in somehow, you know, um, yeah. so. Um, yeah, I think in those years, I understood all of that. Some things happened without my, you know, yeah, organically. And, and of course, I was observing how media was changing. So, so yeah, now I'm, I'm working on a book. And I taught a course last year that is called Criticism in the Age of Dispersion. And that is exactly about uh, this, right? And how, yeah. how what are the vehicles for idea and that's why i was saying before it's like who are we talking to how are we talking to what is the language that we choose to use when we want to to discuss something are we excluding people are we trying mm-hmm. to you know uh, make those uh, those ideas circulate to change and to be transformed by others as well so the intentionality of that and what each different media requires is really interesting to think about. And, and I see that as a huge, very concrete issue sometimes, not to talk so kind of uh, in a, such a vague way about media, but also about the discussions that we have in architecture today. And I said that when I came to UIC as a candidate, and we had this huge conference last year called This is Not Contemporary, in right. which the same issue kind of came and it was not me bringing that, bringing that up. But for instance, when you see the, that kind of polarization right now in terms of thinking about architecture as a formal practice versus mm-hmm. a social driven one, um, and that makes my mind kind of blow. I get very angry. I'm passionate about that. <laughs> right. I, yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's an opposition. So yeah. I feel it's the responsibility of the ones that are in academia, as I am right now, and in media, to be able to articulate things better so we can think of yes. how yes. we... <laughs> exactly how the, the agency of architecture is also related to a social program without losing the ability to generate beauty, you know, or or to talk about form and to talk about other things. And well, I I made a huge mess with this, uh, trying to answer your question because I wanted (laughs) to say too many things. So it's not linear, I know, but, but I get passionate about that. And I see that the new media and when you see the discussions in social media right now and you see the downloaded rights or, or, mm-hmm. or other you <laughs> yeah. Know, yeah. profiles are kind of denouncing the 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 lack of ability for all of us to pull that together you know it's yeah like, yeah uh, yeah yeah no it makes a lot of sense I mean, everything you're saying makes a lot of sense to me. And you're very much speaking my language. These are all the things that I'm, you know, really interested in, (laughs) 
and also, and so I'm not sure if this question <laughs> is a, um, it might just, I might just be asking you to keep talking talking more about what you you were talking about but some of your your what criticism symposium that you did at harvard mm-hmm. in, in 2014 some of that is still on youtube and i watched a, a lot of that to prepare for this conversation and a lot of oh. the uh this is not contemporary symposium is also mm-hmm. on youtube and i watched some of that to prepare for this and i saw a lot of sort of um you know it's interesting to watch those two that are almost 10 years apart um yeah think watching them in a sort of tight compression like that and you could see them sort of subtly being in dialogue and i'm i'm wondering in the 10 years almost 10 years since what is criticism or what criticism what has how has your thinking on criticism architecture criticism design criticism changed in those 10 years and we've talked a lot about the sort of the technical aspect of it, the mediums, the formats, social media, and you, you were hinting at some, some uh, sort of new ideas on actually like the content, the ideas. Can you talk about both of those? Where, how has your thinking changed both about sort of mm-hmm. um, how criticism and what criticism? Yes. Maybe? Um, I think there's something that hasn't changed that I think it's relevant towards a critical Uh. mind that is that I'm still confused. (laughs) (laughs) And that's something that I usually talk about that I really, I, I don't trust kind of the spaces (laughs) of comfort, you know? So I believe in discomfort as a valuable tool for a critical mindset. You know? Yeah. So, I mean, Florencia, I started a podcast eight years ago about design criticism. I'm still doing it. So I'm clearly still confused. <laughs> also, I get well, it. I'm happy, I'm happy to know that we share that confusion. <laughs> yeah. But I think that's really important. It's like, um, and, and that's why the title of the first symposium you're referring to, what criticism is, what is it? It's like criticism is an impossible mission. And we talked, we talked about the same and this is not contemporary so you are right in kind of reading that continuation or that kind of second iteration or, or mm, different mm-hmm. in a different format of some uh, same questions or at least similar questions um, yeah because it's kind of in a way that reflects my personal research and it's like questioning what's the form are we still only going to generate like papers that are read right. by a small group of people and in which way those affect the the discipline. And I right. and again, I'm not against those. I very much encourage that. I love them and I think that's really relevant. They need to keep on existing. But that that's not, and again I'm kind of repeating myself, but that's not the way in which ideas circulate more broadly. And, right. and right. again, and I really believe in making things public and it's not for the sake of uh, showing off or to you know generate this fake idea of, of uh, you know social media celebrity thing but to exp- yeah but I, but to expand the conversation and that's the way that things evolve and transform and can really make an impact you know so so that's why I believe in making things public and in communication and that's that was very present in both of those events um Still, I think that this is kind of um, an impossible mission, the idea of criticism in terms that you will never reach with words the things that you want to 
uh, kind of understand, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but that mm -hmm. the cultural construction of that ongoing conversation of different articles or different or something that continues in in a lecture, in a seminar, or that ends up in a decade transforming the curricula because things are kind of don't evolve from one day to another, but mm. are slowly and in different ways going to to a different direction. That that is impacting the curricula for sure of architecture school. What what is it that we are doing and how do we think an architect should be in the future? I was joking the other day saying, well maybe you know in a couple of years, uh, structure. Uh, it's not going to be taught anymore because the AI machines are going to right. calculate everything. Right. But still, we need to understand conceptually how that works, uh, uh -huh. you know, how the forces yeah. work. So I think criticism um, might talk about one building in one place or may talk about a tendency or may talk about, uh, as I don't know, last Venice Biennale, how a continent, how impact and change the discourse generally um it can have different different scales but at, at the end of the day the thing is uh, to expand the conversation so what are the forms and what is it that we should be discussing today what are the themes that are relevant to our present and that require for us to be discussing and some are not needed and we just do it for the sake of the discipline or because of, of the sake of personal obsessions. And those are, mm. of course, our value, but we cannot let the others, uh, you know, disappear. You know, in many ways, I feel like we're in this sort of like renaissance of architecture and design publishing. Like there's so much mm. content and there's so many, you know, little journals starting up or like you mentioned, mm. Dank Lloyd Wright or, you know, kind of new magazines or new websites and podcasts and, you know, YouTube series, all of this stuff. Um, and I'm wondering sort of, you know, what you make of all of, all of this, um, yes. how you, you mentioned being confused, but like, how do you sort of make sense of, or like map all of these conversations happening? Um, mm -hmm. can you just sort of talk about that? I mean, I guess you mentioned earlier that you, you teach a class called criticism in the age of dispersion, which maybe speaks to this a little bit too, mm -hmm. but. Exactly. How do you sort of yeah. articulate and make sense of all of this? Yeah, I, I think that has to, to do with what we said before about the centerless era. So mm -hmm. that kind of proliferation of small uh, media outcomes, small in, the, in terms of um, maybe right. the, the, yeah, the budget, the investment, or the amount of the circulation that, that one journal would have, but not small in terms of the, the power to, to get to different people. Because when right. you talk about social media or YouTube or, 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 or a podcast, it's like probably the audience for, for those is like already a lot more than the amount of people that can read an article mm. that, that <laughs> is only yeah. printed on paper. So, right. so right. it's interesting to see how that proliferation or the availability of different channels of information everywhere at every moment uh, kind of coexist. So, um, and I would say that I realize that some people that are still working with the more, I would say, traditional ways of, of how ideas circulate kind of get very nervous about all of this and distrust uh, 
these other forms that are more dispersed. But mm. here I would say that I come also from um, an alternative music tradition in terms of oh, nice. the underground and the yeah, you know, grunge yeah. or punk movements. And yep, I really yep. believe in that dispersion and how, you know, the smaller uh, or weak thinkers, if we, I'm not sure if you translate the weak thinkers in the, as this in English, I'm sorry, if not in philosophy, but that the coexistence of people that are beyond the canon or that are working in different ways really generate a critical mass that transforms things uh, and generate kind of the cultural ecosystem for things to move and mm -hmm. and it's not top down it's not you know uh, this canonic uh, voice directing uh, yep. or yep. determining where a discipline should go or where the things that we should be teaching and discussing but it's more dispersed and it's still uh, it's amazingly kind of present you know and, yeah. and relevant so I really think we need to take part on those things. I'm not, I don't use um, social media in that sense, just because I think that I don't have the generational <laughs> ability maybe yeah, 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 to, yeah. to use Twitter or, or, or even yeah. Instagram to generate content. But I admire that, the way that, you know, and, and yeah. well, I, I think you also... I'm not sure if you interviewed also Stuart Hicks, who is part of our Oh, no, faculty. I haven't. Yeah. Oh, okay. Stuart, is, he, he has this YouTube channel that is amazing. And I was looking oh, at some of it, and I saw that one of the videos had like uh, <laughs> five, million, 5 million views. And please tell me where you can find 5 million people reading one article in the last year. <laughs> so, um, yeah, of course, if we talk about like historical texts of architecture yes we will find that amount of people but that, there are five million people that could talk together in a room about this video you know and right and right that is a very interesting way of understanding the potential cultural impact that new media can have and well we i'm not getting into a political uh, discussion here but for sure if you see how it, it's been used by different polarized discourses, mm -hmm. right? Yep. And and that, well, and we are from academia discussing whether those ways of, of idea circulation are relevant or not. Of course they are. So we need to understand that and we need to, to, to learn from that. You mentioned that you're writing a book about criticism. Uh, can you talk more about that? And sort of the ideas in, in that project? Yes. Um, the book is called Why Bother? <laughs> this is <laughs> I love it. Why Bother? A Critical Editorial Manifesto in the, in the Age of Dispersion. And uh, it, it has different pieces. It compiles part of my work because, again, I'm, I'm not sure where you read the, the plots, editorial letter. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's... Um, those things are maybe not available. So it's a it's ah. a combination of new things and some and the translation of some of the editorial letters or pieces that I uh, that I want to put together. Because mm. I also feel that when when you work when you use articles as pieces that evolve and and, and have kind of a presence in time and it's not one big piece that you put together on the same year. 
um, it's harder to for others to understand the general research behind that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I'm putting together some of the architect the articles that are about criticism and discourse in general, as we are discussing today, and others that are related to Latin America contemporary mm. architecture. Um, so those are kind of the two lines of, of my research in the last, I would say, 20 years. So I'm, I'm putting some of these things together. I'm reflecting about new media because, of course, um, as you were mentioning, in this last decade, so much has happened and something from 10 years ago may, may seem older sometimes. Uh, and it's very important to to try to, you know, Again, get back to that discomfort mm-hmm. when you uh, and try to to challenge some of the things that that maybe we were doing ten years ago, and and to understand were valuable today or what or which of them need to change or to find other right. paths. Right. And uh, when's the book? Do you have like a release date or anything? Oh, I don't know. No, I'm working. To be honest, to be honest, it was 80% done uh, when I took the position. And this year I I had to put it on hold. I'm now in conversations to to resume that. And I hope uh, during the next year I can print it. But but I will let you know. Yes. Great. Yeah, we'll we'll talk more when when the when the book is out. I have two more sort of hopefully kind of quick questions that I think we'll sort of wrap up and uh you know kind of tie together all these threads mm-hmm. that we're talking about. I I'm really curious as you head into your second year as as director how you see these ideas that we've been talking about for the last hour sort of embedding themselves into the program what does the what do you see for the future of, of the school of architecture and sort of how these questions of criticism and media and formats and expanded boundaries of architecture how do you see that playing out or what are sort of your goals mm-hmm. or hopes uh, for the program Yes, um, I think that's a very interesting question and something that for sure has been the center of my attention and, and my um, thinking during the last year. Um, I took the first year also to observe and to understand mm-hmm. uh, lots of things about the school. And this year is the first year that I am kind of bringing that to kind of a new project and a new vision to fruition. Mm. Last year, of course, we started with a very strong public program and the conference you were mentioning, but now uh, it's going to start affecting the, the courses. And and yeah, I do have a very clear agenda. You mentioned one of those things like the expanded values and everything, but the concrete things would be that we need to incorporate, yeah, thinking about, and I'm not going to say anything very original, but it's like, how do we incorporate uh, like the climate change situation yeah. or curricula? Yeah. How do you think about extreme situations? How do we think, as I mentioned before, about possible futures that are here around the corner, right? We cannot keep yeah. on doing the same stuff. How do we use imagination for that, for sure? Um, how do we engage uh, in social justice-driven practices that are part of the architectural discourse and that are not uh, kind of, you know, leaving that 
behind. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I ended I ended the year uh, like with a very small talk when we were in the party, the year in show, uh, mm. and I I mentioned a discussion about formalism against uh, being able to care about other stuff. And, uh, and I said, and I still think that that's kind of the sub, the, the superpower of architecture, you know, um, mm -hmm. that we we can put all of those things together for sure, and still yeah. uh, try to to think in form, to talk about form. And again, it's not a coincidence that I'm trying to go back to beauty so many times because. And beauty yeah. uh, uh, has yeah. different meanings, no, depending on the moment, and and I think it's important to to bring that up again. Um, but yeah, I think the school needs to to relate more to to the social scenario, political scenario right now, and also to to our changing world and environment. So I hope we can put together the fantastic gene genealogy in terms of form making that the school brings to the table and that is already there and to be able to discuss about these urgent contemporary issues. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think though, you know, like you said, those are the questions that every design program um, mm -hmm. is facing today. And it's so easy exactly. to like, to give that list and to just be cynical and, <laughs> and yes. depressed. And so I think like your optimism is very, uh, you know, very encouraging for me to hear you sort of talk about these and to start to kind of think about about what those futures could look like. And so my last question, this is uh, the question I used to end all of these conversations. I'm curious what you're reading right now. Oh, what I'm reading. I, I, I'm trying. This is a very interesting <laughs> moment for me because, again, I'm writing more and more in English and I'm trying uh, to find my voice in English with in Spanish. My tone is very clear. And uh, and and when I try to, to write in English, I am still looking for it. And I I just finished um, a book from Joan Didion, The Year of Magical Thinking, which is mm -hmm, kind of mm -hmm. a, yep. a very sad book, I would say. But, yeah. but but at the same time, I loved so much the tone that I'd probably be reading much more of her oh, <laughs> in the near nice. future. Um, yeah, I'm trying to go back to, to reading literature instead of architecture so that's kind of my <laughs> my goal for the year <laughs> yeah i love it those are the best answers when it's like a bunch of novels and, and things like the, yes that's i'm what trying I to hear. do that yes and, and yeah exactly and i was trying to read science fiction because i love the idea of world building in science fiction but i found that i just learned that from myself i'm not good at that <laughs> <laughs> I feel the same way. We should talk about that some other time. I, I've tried science fiction too, and I really struggle. Uh, yes, I, struggle I really want I to like it, but I cannot read. Science Me fiction. too. Me too. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> well, if there's if there's anybody to to sort of model a voice, or I think Joan Didion is uh, is definitely a worthy a worthy model. Florencia, this yeah. was such a nice conversation. Like I, like I just said, your optimism is contagious. Um, and I really enjoyed this. Thank Thanks you. for being on the show. No, thank you for having me. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And that was my conversation with the editor, writer, and educator Florencia Rodriguez. This conversation was recorded on August 3rd, 2023. 
Our new theme music is by former guest and friend of the show, Jeremiah Chu. The show is made possible because of Patreon supporters, so if you like what we're doing here, I hope you consider supporting us on Patreon and get some bonus content each month. You can follow us across social media at Surface Podcast, and you can listen to all of our previous episodes wherever you get your podcasts and at our website, scratchingthesurface.fm. Thanks for listening.